Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Jesus. Well, good morning. How's everybody today? Y'all good? Awesome. Well, my name is Tracy. I'm one of the pastors here, just in case I haven't been able to meet you or you don't know me. And I'm very excited because I really believe that the Lord's given me a message to be able to share with you today. And that's what my hope is in, is what we've been singing about, is that the Lord can take any person, no matter how messed up they are, and use them. And that's my prayer, and that's my hope. And I believe God's got a message for you today. Somebody in this room needs to hear some of the things that God is saying through his word and through his spirit, and I'm excited to be able to do that. And and the truth is, just about a year ago, um, if you remember... Uh, we had crosses all over that were going up in yards, and at night they would have lights on them. They lit up and they represented faith over fear. And there was a lot of confusion and there was a lot of wondering, like, what's going to happen? Like, what is going on? Like, this stuff is crazy. And we didn't know what we were going to do. And finally, like today, we can look and say, maybe there's a little hope. Maybe we're about to kind of take a turn for the better. Maybe we can get rid of some of our masks. And maybe we can get rid of some of all this stuff that kind of put us basically in a tizzy where we freaked out in some ways. And maybe you did and maybe you didn't. Maybe you were never, ever really worried about it. But the truth is, hopefully, we're moving forward in some of this. Amen? Like, that's going to be a great day, isn't it? And, and, and also the reality of it all is that we had to adapt and we had to be flexible and we had to figure it out as we went. Like, how are we going to deal with this and what's our response? And, and really the truth is, our response has never really changed. Our, our focus have never, has never really changed that we want to live a life that's full of faith and driven by faith in the one who created us and loves us and died on the cross for us and who is awesome and his name is Jesus Christ. And that's never really changed. And the Bible talks about faith, by the way. The, um, or excuse me, the dictionary says that faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And the biblical definition defines faith as the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So over the next three weeks or so, we're going to explore what a faith-focused life looks like day in and day out. And I want to ask you three big questions today when we talk about faith, when we talk about this whole idea of faith that the Bible talks a whole lot about. As a matter of fact, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to even please God. And I want to talk about that subject. And specifically, I want to talk to you today and I want to share with you today about the fact that the way we see things. So what do you see or how do you see really? Because our perspective when we think about God's ways versus our ways and our perspective is totally different. Would you agree with me on that? Like God's perspective and ours are totally opposites. And we want to get to the point where we begin to see things more and more in our lives from God's perspective and not our own perspective. And there's an awesome verse that's kind of the basis of the entire message today. It's in Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23. um, And it says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. That's kind of interesting. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? 
So this, these verses are kind of crazy because they're sandwiched in. Jesus is teaching, specifically the best teacher there is, right? And he's teaching these two verses sandwiched in some other verses and other verses below it. The ones before it are basically saying, like, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And it says, look for treasure in heaven and not treasure on earth. That's the basis of it. And then the verses after it go on to say, you can't serve both God and money. So it's almost like we're talking about where our heart is and where we're serving God and money. And then right in between, he starts talking about eyes and what we see and how we see and the perspective that we see it from. And it's kind of crazy. It's almost like it doesn't make any sense. And then when we look at what it actually means and what he's actually saying, it begins to come together just a little bit more. The eye is the lamp of the body. The way you see things and your perspective whether it's being seen from God's perspective or your own, like we mentioned, the way you see things is gonna make the difference in how you see everything you've done, everything you're gonna do, and everything you do now in your life. That's the way we see things, that's our perspective. And so when he says a good eye and talking about filling your body with light, basically what faith is and the way we see is seeing things the way God sees them, in a nutshell. So faith is seeing things with our eyes, with our perspective, the way God sees those things. And then if we have a bad eye, that's seeing things from our own perspective in our own way, doing our own thing. And y'all, those are two totally, totally different perspectives. And how you view life, how you view your past, your future, and your present makes all the difference in the world, whether you see it from God's perspective of faith or your perspective God is huge and we're just this little dot. And he's got a huge plan and all we can see is right now in front of us. The past, the present, and the future all walked into a bar. It was tense. I'm telling you, it was tense. I got three laughs out of that. That's awesome. Three is, is better than none, I'm just gonna say. But the truth is, when we think about our lives, some of us, when we think about our lives in the past, in the present, in the future, it really is tense for real. Like when we think about our past, I wanna ask you this, how do you see right now? I just want you to ask your, these three questions today and we'll close out and we'll be done. But I wanna ask you how you see your past. How do you see your past? Is it from God's perspective or is it from your own? And I, over the years, have had the opportunity to be able to talk with people through hurts, habits, hangups, pain, um, disappointments, and all kinds of things that I've had the opportunity to talk through with them and help them the best way I know how, because there's nothing great going on with me, but the best I know how to point them in the right direction. And most of the time, the, 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 the one question that kind of comes up at some point in their own words, they say it, but they're basically saying, is it too late for God to do something with me? Man, I've really messed up. <laughs> I mean, I've really done some terrible crazy stuff. And I don't know if God can even use me. I don't even know like if God even wants me anymore. And the number one answer I always give them is, is simple, but it's profound. It's never too late for God to use you. It's never too late for God to take anything in your past and turn it around to make it something beautiful. And, and just a small story from my own life. One thing in my life is that I, I was born going to church. Like I met my wife, Denise, in the nursery. Like no joke, that's a true story. I met her in the nursery at church. Now we didn't speak or anything, but I was like, hey, no, I'm not with. Uh, 
But I grew up in church, and I'm so thankful that my parents had me in church. Every time the doors were open, like, they are great, godly model parents for anybody that anybody could have. And I, I grew up learning the Bible stories, and I grew up learning about Jesus and how he died on the cross for our sins and rose again and conquered death in the grave and hell and all that stuff. And I grew up learning all that, and it was great. And then I became a teenager, and I began to live how I wanted to live. Anybody else ever been there? Amen. Can I get an amen on that, right? Um, I lived how I wanted to live. I began to do what I wanted to do, and it was very evident that I knew all the stories. It was very evident in my life that though I learned a lot of Bible and I grew up in church, that all I had was a religion at that point. Looking back on it now, I can say that, that I had a lot of religion and I knew a lot of good things, but I'm just not sure where my faith was at and how I was seeing things was from God's perspective because I began to do everything and anything you could ever think about doing. And some of the things I don't even want my parents to find out about. That's how ashamed that I become about those things. And the truth is, oh, let me just tell y'all, I washed all the fire trucks in Hepzibah, community service, minor possession of alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not up here trying to claim to be perfect or to have done everything right or I have messed up my life in so many ways. And, and when I was a teenager, you name it, I tried it. You think about the sin. I tried it. I wanted to do everything, and I thought any of that stuff would fulfill me, so I tried this, and I tried that, and I got to a point in my life. I was 17 years old, and my aunt was begging me to go to this retreat. She was begging me to go to this um, retreat, and, and by the way, Journey students, pray for them. They're on a retreat right now, and we pray for God to, to move today as they finish up and head home, but I was on a retreat like that, and, and I went, and it was in Atlanta, and, and it was like, my aunt kept bugging me to go and I was like, okay, I'll go if you will just be quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I will go if you'll just stop asking me. And I went on this retreat and I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but like maybe, maybe when Bobby's preaching or something like that, where you feel like he's talking straight to you. Like that's the Holy Spirit, obviously, and, the, and, and God uses people. But I, I was at this retreat, man, and I mean, I had been living my life. I had been living from my own perspective and not from God's. I had been seeing things from the way I wanted to do them and not the way God wanted me to see things. And I'm in there, and it's almost like he's speaking to me. And, and literally, there was no invitation. There was nothing, none of that given any. And, it, and I like the, the dude was still talking, and I got down on my knees in a chair, and I just started bawling. And I was like, God, I have really messed up. And I see things your way today. I want to anyway, but I just, I just feel like I've messed up so bad. Like if you could use me in any way, I just want to surrender to you right now. Like if you can use me in any way, like I've, and I was naming, I was like list, list, list. And like an hour later, not really, but, but I had so many things and I was like, I'm just messed up. And I'm dwelling on the past and I'm, I'm looking at everything I've ever done. And I'm like, God can't use me. God can't do something with me in my life. And that day I just said, look, look here, God, I have no idea if you can use me, but I surrender. And then like 20-something years later, here I am, and I'm able to speak God's word. Like that's a testimony in my own life of how sometimes we get so caught up in our past that it's like we're looking in the rearview mirror and we're, we're driving from the rearview mirror perspective and all we do is focus on what's behind us and we can't see what's in front of us. And if I had to be honest, some of us are like that today. Y'all, I, I actually like my illustrations to come to life. And I don't encourage anyone to try this, but the other day I was driving down Columbia Road and I decided to try to drive by looking in the rearview mirror as far as I could. 
don't try it. But I got like two seconds in and I looked. I got scared, you know? And then I got three seconds in. My record was like five seconds. That I was staring in the rear view for like five seconds. And when I finally looked back at the road, like focused on the road, instead of focusing in the rear view mirror, I was like halfway in the other lane and I had to pull it back. And I know there's like cops in the church and stuff like that. And I just want to say I'm sorry (laughs) that I apologize for that. And I don't encourage anybody to try that. And then I took it a step further. My, Denise and I, my wife, were riding in the neighborhood. And, you, and I don't know if y'all have neighborhoods like this <laughs> where there's cars parked everywhere on the side of the street. We pull in the neighborhood and Denise was driving and, and I said, hey, I, I dare you. I want you to see how long you can drive by looking in the rearview mirror only. And she was like, okay. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. And she's driving and she comes up to where there's a curve and up to this point, there's no cars on the side of the road or anything. And then there's cars everywhere. And she's just like, I can't do it. I'm looking at the road. I'm not going to hurt anybody. And the truth is when we dwell in the past, when we dwell on all of our disappointments and how bad we've been or how messed up we've been, and we dwell on all the stuff that hurts us and all the disappointments, no matter if you hurt yourself or if other people hurt you, when we dwell there and when we focus in the rearview mirror of our lives, the very truth of this is this. You are going to end up hurting not only yourself, but everybody else around you. If I'd have just kept staring in the rearview mirror, I would have hurt myself or somebody else. If Denise had done that in the neighborhood, we would have had to have insurance on about two or three cars going up the road. And the truth is when we focus so much on our past and think God can't do anything with it, that's our perspective. That's seeing from a bad eye as we read in the scripture a while ago. God's perspective of what is what we just saying is that though you've messed up, though you've got maybe a terrible past in some ways, maybe even worse than mine in your own mind, is that you don't have to dwell there because we have a God that, died, that sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and to say, you can be forgiven. You don't have to live in your shame. You can be forgiven. You don't have to live with regrets. You may have been hurt and I can help you learn from your past and not live in your past. I can help you stop looking out the rearview mirror and start looking through the windshield at a bright future ahead. And that's the kind of God we serve. And I don't know if you're one of the ones that are living in the past, that are dwelling on it, and you can't get past what you've done or where you've been or what they've done to you. I don't know if any of that's true about you, but if it is, I'm just here to tell you that you don't have to stay there because we have a God that gives a different perspective. And all you have to do is say, God, today, I want to get in line with what you want in my life. I want to have your perspective on life, that you forgive me, that you've wiped away every sin as far as the east is from the west to remember it no more, that you are the God who saves, who can salvage us, and who can do something beautiful with our lives. I just want to ask you honestly one more time, like, how do you see your past? Because every one of us, good or bad, we have a past. And some of us have dealt with it and some of us haven't. And some of us are able to move forward, but some of us are stuck in the past today. But you've got a God who's bigger than your circumstances and who can save you and help you move forward. We've got to learn to learn from our past and not just live in it and not stay in the rearview mirror. It's never too late for God to do something with you. And I'm a living testimony of that. We always see our past in certain lights, but let me ask you this. This is a kind of a different question. How do you see your future? What's your perspective on the future? What's God's perspective 
on your future. So I'm in Bible college in 2002, I graduated. So about 2000, I had a couple of years left in Bible college. And this was not long after, a couple years after I had surrendered on that night at that retreat. And I'm in Bible college and I begin, I begin to look at all of my friends around that I'm talking to and I realize all of them have future plans except me. Like this one's like, I'm gonna be a pastor and this one's like, I'm gonna be a youth pastor and here I am, I'm just taking core classes, finishing up core classes and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing, guys. Like that's, that's me compared to everybody else, right? Like I have no idea what I'm doing. Like and all my friends around me and it began to bother me big time. Because everybody else had these plans and goals. And don't you agree? Like, we should have vision. We should have goals. We should know where we want to go in our marriage the next five years. We should know how we're going to treat our spouse the next couple years. Like, we should be wanting to treat them like Jesus treats them. Amen? We should want to treat our kids the way Jesus treats our kids. We should want to have perspective for the future that says, I want what God wants so that when I get to this point, I can be following Jesus and have a faith-driven life that's focused all on him, but I'm that day and I got no goals. I got no vision. And I began to get in my head. I began to see things from my own perspective. And I go to this place on campus right next to a pond and it's called the prayer towers. And it's basically these two towers that have a room in the bottom and you can go in there and it's a very small room and you can lock yourself in that room for however long you want to. And the only thing that's in that room is a chair, a Bible and a table and the Bible sitting on the table. And I go in there and I'm like, God, I hit my knees again, me and chairs, I don't know. But I hit my knees again on that chair and I had my face right there where everybody's hind end was, you know, and I was like, that was probably not too smart. And I begin to pray and I'm like, God, all my friends have plans. This one's gonna be this, this one's gonna be this, but like, what are you doing with me? Like, are, are you even gonna use me in the future? Because I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't even, I gotta choose something. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and I looked up at the Bible. I was praying for a few minutes or whatever. And I looked up at the Bible and I was like, okay, God, please show me something. And I did what they tell you not to do. Like, especially in Bible college, they tell you don't do devotions like this, where you open up the Bible and you go, all right, that's the one. And the oxen were in the field. Thank you, Lord, for that word today, right? And like, that's my devotion for today or whatever we do. But I opened it literally and I was like, God, please show me something because I don't know. I have no idea what the future holds. But I know you hold the future. Let me just stop right there and say that again. We have no idea what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And I prayed that and I opened up the Bible and no joke, y'all, this has only happened one time in my life. I promise you I've tried this like five times at least, maybe more if I had to be honest. And I put my finger and right where my finger was at in the Bible, here's what it said. And I'm not, I'm not making this up for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then I'm like bawling even more. My allergies are getting to me. Like all the pollen's coming under the door, right? And I'm just bawling. And I'm like, God, you had a plan all along. And even though I don't know what it is, I don't know what the future holds. But right now, I just want to change my perspective. And I just want to say that I trust you because you hold the future and you have a plan and you're already in my future and you're just waiting on me to get there. Like we get panicked about what might come, or we get scared about what might happen, and especially this past year, we had no idea. But look, here we are. 
and we're coming back to church and we're able to worship God again and, and everything's beginning slowly to open up a little bit more and a little bit better. And, and just in any season of life, God's already in the future and he controls it and he already has a plan and sometimes our eye is off and we begin to get in our own head and in our perspective, we see things from faith and we start trying to interpret it from our own view of things. And God says, if you just get on my level, on a God's eye level, you'll begin to see that no matter what the circumstances are, it doesn't even matter. That I control everything and I can use the worst and the best and I can bring it all together to a beauty, to beautiful in my plan and for my glory. And he just says, you may not know what's coming in the future, but I hold the future. So what I want you to do, and I want, to, want you, what I want you to do, Tracy, is to trust me, is to seek after me. Y'all, a group of cows. I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a, um, a quiz. Is that all right with y'all? Is it okay if we do a quiz real, real quick? What is a group of cows called? A herd, that's right. Um, what is a group of fish called? Man, y'all are so good. It's a hundred so far. That's awesome. A group of um, birds is a, a flock. That's exactly right. Um, a group of, oh, this is my favorite one. Does anybody know what a group of vultures is called? When I think about church, when I think about like stuff like that, this made me laugh. A group of vultures. Anybody know? A group of vultures is called a committee. <laughs> now that's good stuff right there. And then I began to read and I was like, I have to share this story. And I hope it's not so cheesy because to me at least it was very good. A group of rhinos is called a crash. And you're like, wow, that's profound. Thanks a lot, Tracy. <laughs> but a group of rhinos is called a crash. And if you know anything about rhinos, I didn't and I had to read about it. But rhinos are basically almost blind. They have a very blurry vision and they can't hardly see in front of them at all. Like they can't see what's ahead at all. And a rhino gets like my height, like six feet tall, and, and them jokers get like 10 feet long. And they're called a crash because they can run at a farther distance than they can see. They run 30 to 40 miles per hour, by the way. The fastest man on earth is Usain Bolt, who runs 28. A rhino can outrun him. And they run like 30 miles per hour or more, and they run farther, uh, a farther distance than they can even see. And because rhinos, what they do when, they, when it comes to the future, they run on faith. They have no idea what's in front of them, but they just crash ahead full speed. And spiritually speaking, I believe this is what God wants in our lives. When we see the things from our own perspective, we have no idea what's happening and we can be defeated and we can be confused and we cannot know what's gonna happen with this sickness or with this marriage or with this thing that we're struggling with or with this pain that we're trying to figure out and we don't know where it's headed and we get in our own heads and, and God is like, I just want you, in, at least in this sense, to be a little bit more like a rhino and run full speed towards me because I'm already in the future. I control the future and you don't have to worry about it when you just trust me. And I thought, man, I just got to share with them. That was pretty good to me anyway. And at the same time, like... Um, I wanna ask you another question. So God, like one of the things you can't do is change your past, amen? And one of the things you and I can't do is control our future. 
We just have to say, give me your eyes and your perspective on the past. Forgive me, help me, cleanse me. And then we also have to see like, God, help me to look forward to what you have and to follow you into the future and have the right goals and the right plans. And I just, I believe that you're there and that you'll guide me. But one of the things you can control is right this very minute. One of the things where you can make a specific decision is right now where you sit. And this is such an important moment in your life today. Maybe. I hope it is. And I just want to tell you, like, I want to ask you this. How do you see your past? How do you see your future? But what do you see right now when you think about right now, your present? What do you see? What do you... What are you thinking about? What's, what's going on right now? Like, we can't change it, but I want to tell you the best way, the best way. There's a lot of good things you can do right now as we sit in here, but I just want to tell you the best thing you can do right now in the present when it comes to faith and when it comes to perspective. Like, we do a lot of good things. Would you agree with that? The fact that you're in church right now is a good thing, Amen. Like, that's awesome. We came to worship Jesus and to make much of him. The dangerous message of Jesus Christ is so true and it's so needed in all of our lives. We do a lot of good things. We go to church. We hang out with our kids. How many of y'all have grandkids? We hang out with our grandkids, right? We spoil them and send them home. I don't. I'm not a grandparent yet. But we do a lot of good things. We work hard. We hang out with our friends. We have birthday parties and anniversaries. And there's like so many good things that we do. We serve hard. And by the way, that was one of the that was one of the, the best things that I've seen in a long time yesterday was just the, all the church engaged. We just had a big serve day and everybody came together. We stayed here and we did projects here and then some people just went out in the community and just served people in the name of Jesus and I just thought that was awesome. We do a lot of good things, but all those things I just mentioned, can I just be real with you? They're not the best thing. They're not the best thing. The best thing that we can do right now is be with Jesus and lean on him. That is the best thing. Like when you think of all the things that are important in our lives, the very best thing is to be with Jesus and lean on him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Did you hear that? That's a now moment. And don't lean on your own understanding. Good eye, bad eye. Good eye is God's perspective, not your understanding, right? Right? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So God says, you you got a crazy past. You don't know what's happening in the future. You don't know where to go or what to do. The best thing you can do right now is to just stop for a moment and thinking about everything and just seek me and be with me. And the Bible says in in Matthew 6, about 11 verses down below that, he says in Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know, right before that, he's saying, don't worry about what you're gonna wear. Don't worry about what you're gonna eat. Don't worry about the future things that you think you need that you're not sure you're gonna get. Like, don't worry about that. That's not the best thing because the best thing is right now is just to seek me first, is to seek my kingdom first, is to put me first in every relationship, is to put me first in your marriage, is to put me first in your coworkers with your relationship with them, is to put me first in how you do everything. 
And then all those things we worry about and all those things we're not sure what's going to happen and all those things in the past that haunt us. He says, I'll take care of them. But the best thing, those are good things, but the best thing is just to seek me, is just to be with me, is just to put me first and to see things from my perspective instead of your own perspective. And I want to read this really quickly. To live by faith in the present means that when I encounter an obstacle in a task, a dream or a relationship, I don't throw up my hands in defeat or see things in my own perspective. Instead, I think hopeful thoughts and I bend my focus to the way God tells me to see it. I remain flexible in the face of adversity, believing that even when the things aren't going the way I intend, that God is always in control, that he's guiding me, and that he will work things out according to his great love for me. So you remember we're talking about the good eye seeing things from God's perspective and the bad eye seeing things from our own perspective. And the good eye in this sense is a focused devotion to Jesus of just being with him. And the bad eye, the bad perspective is not focused, it's out of order and it's blurry. And let me just, can I just tell y'all this really quickly? Um, I have 20-20 vision, at least about 10 years ago when I got checked, I did. And I go to a restaurant now and the lights are dim and they hand me a menu and I can't even see that junk, man. I cannot even see the menu. And I have my phone light out trying to read, like, what am I going to get, you know? And then when the ticket comes, when the bill comes, I slide it over to Denise. She helps me so much in life. I slide it to Denise because I can't even see the numbers on it and to be able to leave a tip and add everything up. So I'm like, can you do it? But just don't leave like a whole lot. <laughs> leave a good tip, but not a great tip, right? That's just the way my mind works. It's so dumb. But she has to fill all that out. And so Every time somebody, like if I'm in my office or something, reading something, I always have reader glasses on. And uh, I, I don't know, I can't get used to it. But you know what I need these days? I need something outside of myself to help me clear things up and it not be so blurry. Spiritually speaking, that's Jesus. That's the Bible. That's the Holy Spirit. And we need to seek him and put him first so that he can be kind of like our reader glasses that when we put him on, we put on his perspective, he helps us to see life in the past, in the future, and even now very clearly from his perspective. But it will stay blurry if we don't use something outside of ourself, which is Jesus Christ and the word of God. If we don't use that, we will stay blurry and we'll stay where we're at and we'll never be able to move forward from it because we are blurred. And I just want to close with a story, if that's okay with you. Um, it's, in a light, it's, it's about Elisha, and it's in 2 Kings 6, verses 15 to 17. And guys, I think this is so powerful because it's the word of God, and I hope that you hear it clearly. It says, when the servant, okay, so the servant of the man of God, the man of God here is Elisha, and he has a servant. And it says, he rose early in the morning, the servant did, and he went out and behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And this was the Syrian army and the Syrian army was about to wipe them out, so they thought. And so they're surrounded on all sides by horses and chariots and that's like the most modern day weapons of those days. And the servant is looking at all this 
And the servant says, alas, my master, what shall we do? What are we going to do? He's freaking out. He's like, we're about to get killed. Elisha, what do we do? And Elisha said this, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Did you hear that? The servant's like, they're surrounding us and we're about to get killed. And Elisha says, hey, don't be afraid because those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. And the servant's probably freaking out like, I don't see anything. And Elisha just, he prays to God. The Bible says it right here. Look at it. It says, Elisha prayed and he said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. You notice Elisha didn't say, God, please change the circumstances from what it looks like to him. God, please change all this. He just said, God, help him to see what I see. And he prayed, and here's what happened. So the Lord opened his eyes, the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And in that moment, it wasn't the Syrian army. It was God's angel armies had surrounded the Syrians and they were stronger and they were more powerful than the most powerful weapons of the day because they're God's angels. And my favorite part is that he gave him good information. Elisha just said, hey, the people that are around us are greater than them. And he was like, I gotta see it for myself. And Elisha just simply prays and said, God, help him to see what I see that your angels are surrounded, surrounding the Syrians and y'all gonna take them out and we're gonna be okay because God's got this. Sometimes I just think we need to pray for each other that we can see God's way, that we can see the way God sees instead of what we see. And sometimes we can't get out of our head because we gotta see it for ourselves. but I'm just here to tell you, I don't know what your past holds. I don't know what your future holds, God does. God can forgive you of your past and God can guide you to your future. But right now, right now, the best thing we can do is just say, God, give me your perspective because you're always good and you never make mistakes and you never break your promises and you're right. Listen, God is right here, right now, just as close as I could touch you. And he loves you so much and he will never let you down. And all he says is, I just want you to seek me. I just want you to be close to me. And when you begin to see things from my perspective, it will make everything in your life, it won't change it. it. Your circumstances may not get better for a while. I'm not promising that everything gets great and turns great. But you'll know that God is in control and you'll be able to trust him and lean on him and not what you think. Trust him more with all your heart. Lean on your understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The invisible army of God had more power than what the Syrian army had. And if our eyes are opened, if we should see with a good eye today from God's perspective over our own perspective, we'll see that God surrounds us no matter the situation. He is definitely here and he wants to help us learn from our past. He wants to help us crash like a rhino into the future and to know that he's closer than ever to us even in this very moment. And the best thing that any of us can do right now in this moment is just to seek him and just to put him first in everything we do. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word and your truth and your message. I pray that you'd help us learn from our past to not live in it, to know that you forgive and that you forget and that we can move forward, not looking in the rearview mirror, but looking through the windshield at what you have for us. 
I pray that you'd help us when it comes to the future to gain your perspective, that you're in control and that you're already there and that we can trust you with our future no matter what it is. Help us to make plans and to have vision and goals, but help us to trust you the whole way. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name for every single person, including myself in this room, that we would do the very best thing right now and that's just seek you and put you first and to gain a perspective of a God's eye view and not our own. And I thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net. 